Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. We are everyday people following Jesus every day. Powerful story of what God is doing around the world uh, in a place we can't even talk about, but, uh, but that you, if, if you give to uh, what God is doing through the Alliance around the world, uh, stuff that you are participating in and, and helping support. And we're grateful for that. Uh, for those of you online um, or for any of you who are hoping for another uh, look at that, we're hoping to find a creative way to get that out to people so they can see it. Uh, as the world has gotten more digital and our communication has gotten more digital, then it has actually gotten more dangerous for those in dangerous places. So we're trying to figure out how to balance the two. We want you to know the cool things that are happening around the world um, and uh, to, to protect uh, their their safety. So thank you for participating in that. The other thing that occurs to me as um, the the woman in this video is is uh, in tears, saying, "I I don't know. It, it's hard for me to imagine Christ breaking through in this situation. Um, I it, it it makes me aware, uh, makes me remember that uh, some of you uh, have people in your lives that you love and care about, and you're going, I don't." know if, if Christ is going to be able to break through in their hearts and their minds and their situation. Um, and there's, there's a reason she has hope, and it is because of the way that Christ continues to break through in people's lives, uh, because of the way Christ broke through in that one home, in, in one woman's life, one couple, that then turned into a family, that then turns into uh, a, a missionary home as they go out into a valley. Christ continues to break through in people's lives, and that is true, not just in exotic, dangerous places, um, but in the exoticness of Cowlitz County uh, as, as well. Um, and in the people that you know um, and, and love, that we have, we have reason for hope. And so we want to talk about uh, that reason for hope uh, as much as we can all the time. Um, and we want to talk about uh, this morning uh, what God is doing around the world and what that means for us, how we're connected to it and, and participating in it. Um, and uh, so uh, a, a couple of people are here to help us uh, do that. Uh, Hannah is here from the Alliance Northwest District Office, and Macy is here from uh, Reach Training Institute in Salem, uh, which is a, a school out of Salem Alliance Church uh, uh, down, down there, of course, because it's in Salem. Anyway, uh, so before we dive into the serious stuff, I do want to take a quick straw poll because... When I reached out to uh, Hannah first about coming up and having this conversation, I said, okay, Hannah, it, it is starting to turn to fall. This is whatever, a month ago. Uh, hey, it's starting to turn to fall. And, and I noticed that Starbucks probably has their holiday cups out already. They're doing the pumpkin spice everything. And I'm just curious, um, do, you, uh, do you also reject the pumpkin spice overwhelmingness um, or are you wrong and you actually like it? And it turns out um, that uh, she actually likes this stuff. So, um, I mean, I like some pumpkin flavoring occasionally. Don't get me wrong. But like, I, anyway, so quick, quick show of hands in the room. Online, you guys can put in your, put, start a fight online. Put it in the chat. Uh, would, uh, would love to see a show. How many of you are also on the pumpkin spice train with Hannah? You're like, okay, we will pray for you all later. That's fine. Okay. That's encouraging. So just please see me in the back. <laughs> we'll have a little prayer time afterwards. It'll be fine. I think there was only one person last night. <laughs> That's true. Nice. There's this more support good. for you. More support for you this morning, which is, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, sermon series coming up soon, I suppose. Um, uh, so, um, uh, 
Hannah, I'll, I'll start with you uh, on a far more serious note. As uh, you, you are the missions mobilizer for uh, the Alliance Northwest, if you wouldn't mind describing for people what that means uh, that you do, and then followed up as the missions mobilizer for Alliance Northwest churches, what do you want us as an Alliance Northwest church to know? Yes, yeah. Um, so I work at Alliance Northwest, which is the district office. That doesn't mean a lot to you. But what I do is support our 110 churches that are in the Northwest. So these are all our Alliance churches in this area. And specifically in missions mobilization. So that's a lot of encouraging uh the churches to really step into engaging in what God's doing globally, uh, specifically through the Alliance. I also help send out new workers, which um, Macy is one of these. Maybe you can just quickly interrupt me and introduce yourself too, real yeah. quick. <laughs> uh, I'm Macy. I just graduated from RTI in June, and I'm being sent to go work in Senegal and West Africa, which is on the very far side it sticks out. It's the <laughs> farthest little place in West Africa. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll be working there. I signed on for a four-year term uh, and will be leaving at the end of December to go and work there. And Hannah has helped me throughout this whole process, which has been a huge blessing. So that's a big part of my job is helping people who God is calling to missions, helping them get to where he's calling them. And so it's such a, I mean, that's like the luckiest job in the world, really. <laughs> Which I think, you know, pastors, that's helping people step into what God's calling. That's what you get to do, too. So it's, it's just fun to participate in what God's doing. Um, and so I do a lot of that. And then uh, supporting our international workers once they're on the field. Like, what are your needs? How can I connect you to churches? Um, yeah, just kind of all sorts of stuff in that world. So, and then I get to come to churches and meet amazing people like you. Uh, and I know you're amazing because I hear the stories of how um, generous you are and how engaged you are with the Bosnia field. And you guys have supported Alliance missions from the beginning. And so thank you from the Alliance Northwest uh, for how you guys have engaged for so long in missions. Um, and then the second question you asked were, what are three things, um, or a few things? Three things came into my brain. Well, really like 20, but well, <laughs> I'm not here long enough to uh, <laughs> just go all, all out. But the three things that popped into my brain first was, I want you to know that um, Alliance Missions is going to unreached places. This video clearly showed that. Our priority is for gospel access for all people. And that there are a lot of people that have no gospel access. And so we have Alliance workers like the ones in that video that are being strategically led by the Lord to go to these places where there is no one who knows Jesus, which I, it's hard for us to really understand that. Maybe the closest thing was if you're the only person in your family that knows Jesus. Um, but we're really blessed that we can come to a place like this, you know, and have our greater family here. Uh, the second thing is that God is still calling people to serve uh, globally. He's still calling them out of their place here to go somewhere, like we see with Macy right here. Uh, he, I have 
I was told when I started this job, we have no one in the pipeline to go serve with Alliance missions, and I think we just didn't know where they were, because I have people that I am working with all the time, um, and I have churches contacting me often. What do I do? Someone's called to missions. Uh, and then the third thing is that there are unreached people here. In the United States, there, um, the Joshua Project says that there's 100 unreached people groups in the U.S., but there are unreached people in your neighborhoods, in your families, in your friend circles, and missions cross-culturally is important, um, but there's... Well, and we have cross-cultural missions here in Kelso, too. But missions, when it looks like to engage, you know, people in your sphere, in your community, is so important. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome, thanks. And uh, just in case you're worried that uh, Hannah is one of those outsidery people from Portland who doesn't know what Kelso Longview is like, uh, her husband actually graduated from Kelso High School Couple years back, so. Uh, <laughs> and I'm yes. originally Ellensburg, Washington, so I'm go. actually more rural than rural than, than quite yes, okay, than some. Now than that this we got one, that maybe. out of the way, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, okay. Uh, so um, I want to kind of uh, trace those things through. So you're talking about uh, God doing um, incredible things through throughout the world. Uh, we got to see one of them in or hear one of them in in this this video. Um, would one of you be willing to share a story of something else God is doing around the world that you've come in contact with recently? Sure, I will share a story. <laughs> awesome. Um, so part of RTI is that it's a four-year program, and the whole idea of it is at the end you get a bachelor's degree, and you also are field-ready, which means you can go out into the field wherever that is, whether you want to be a pastor or an international worker, and you're also debt-free, which is a huge amen. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, the senior year of RTI, you get to go somewhere for a year um, experience or like a practicum or an internship. So I spent my last, uh, this last year in the Middle East um, and was there for about a year. And it was really hard. It was, I had gone on lots of different trips before, but they were only like two weeks here and two weeks there. And it's always really exciting and you get to see different people groups and you're like, oh man, God is working and he is. But then when you step into a place and you start living there and routines start to come, you realize this is really hard and it's kind of harder to see where God's working because you just kind of get into the mundane just like we get into the mundane here, I was just living life over there in the Middle East. Um, and so it took a lot every day of being like, okay, God, where are you moving? I know that you're moving. I know that you're calling people towards yourself. And with that posture every day, it was so cool to see what God was doing in a place where people, when you think of the Middle East, you do not think like, oh, there's a ton of Christians over there. We kind of think the opposite. Um, but man, there are, and there is a church movement that is happening there, and I was able to see people come to faith um, in just houses that they met, two, three, ten. There was a group that met, they started with like three people, and by the time I left at the end of the year, there was about 12 of them, wow. um, which is just amazing. Like. A church this size, if it was to multiply by that, it would be huge. Yeah. And so to have just three to 12, like that's amazing. Uh, and they all go out into their neighborhoods and they're 
proclaiming the gospel, and that's really dangerous for them. Um, there's a lot of consequences for that. There's a lot of consequences for me to share that, but it doesn't stop people because like what they said in the video, Jesus is necessary, and that is a gift that we get to share with whoever doesn't know him, and it becomes kind of our propelling force. Like That's all we want to do is just share Jesus with people, and man, it was just so cool to see people realize that Jesus is the necessary and then go and share that with their neighbors. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Uh, Hannah, how, how, uh, do we end up participating in that? You, you mentioned, uh, giving and, and that kind of thing. Um, uh, how are we a part of what, of what the Alliance is doing globally? Yeah. Well, Good news. As an Alliance church, you already partner with the work of the Alliance just by name and association. Um, But you guys do that, as we said, as I said at the beginning, in far more engaging ways. But the way that Alliance Missions works is we band together to be senders of international workers like Macy. Um, And that goes everywhere from encouragement and being her home to, you know, supporting her as she's on the field, being those people who um, financially come behind. And actually, the financial piece um, is kind of a big piece of this, and it's in that in yeah. what is this in, thing called in, in your in your bulletin, bulletin? <laughs> you've got you've got a uh some of you may have noticed regular around here normally we just have that one page thing we we folded the thing this uh this week so uh inside uh there there is some information on on the great commission fund which I yeah and i think about. i think it's super just helpful for you to know like when you give we the whole funding thing is called the great commission fund when you give generally a great commission commission fund, you support all of those international workers. Jesse mentioned, you know, we've got 700 international workers. And so when you give generally, it impacts all of them. It'll impact Macy once she is on the field. Uh, And then you guys are on mission with like Bosnia. And so you guys also give specifically to individuals on that field because that you are officially partnered with them and you get behind them. And so that's kind of the Hannah summary of what this says. Um, there's two different ways to give, and you guys have been participating in that in, yeah. for years. Yeah. And, uh, if uh, you give here, you'll, you'll notice on the little offering envelopes, if you use them, there's a little box uh, to check uh, for the GCF, the Great Commission Fund, um, which is uh, that, that fund that supports all that. Um, if you have one of our specific partners that you want to uh, give to, uh, you uh, can write their name. Um, in in the the line there, there's a line provided, and that will go to them. If you go online to our online giving, it's real easy. You select the general or or a specific and and give uh, give that way. Uh, now this is not just uh, a a plug for for money. Uh, as Hannah and I were talking about this, we, we were talking about how sometimes these things end up feeling like, um, hey, we want to tell you about what God's doing around the world. Wink, wink. What we really want you to do is give. Um, and that's not uh, actually what this is. We do want to mention the giving mechanism uh, because it is an important part of how we participate. Uh, but there are, there are other ways that we participate as well, and we'll uh, talk about those uh, a little bit more as, as we, we go, go through. Uh, Hannah, you, you mentioned uh, that there, there are people like Macy who are still being, uh, still being sent out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, 
I guess I'm, I'm curious what that, that looks like um, as far as how we uh, can support those who are, who are being sent. Uh, what, are, what are things um, that, that we do as a church to uh, maybe help somebody discern whether they're called to go, uh, to support those who are going, uh, anything in that sort of area that yeah. maybe feel kind of foreign to, to us. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just beautiful that God is ascending God. He sent us Jesus. He sends us our, his Holy Spirit. Um, and that is his nature. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, when it comes to uh, how we can come around someone who God is preparing to send, there is great responsibility in that. And I think the first part is even just helping with calling. And actually, Macy, could you speak into just a little bit of what it looks like to be a called one um, and then maybe what, yeah. what it looks like for a community to come yeah. around that? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in the church. I, my parents were believers, and we were in a pretty small church, and that church ended up falling apart. Um, and so we were church hopping for quite a while. And when I was in seventh grade, we stumbled upon Sam Alliance, which is now my home church. Um, and it was the first weekend I was at Sam Alliance, and they did this program called REACH, um, which is kind of what we're doing here. Of It's middle school, high school, and college-age students. And their whole thing was just being aware of what God's doing in the world. Um, and their whole question was, are you a goer or are you a sender? And little seventh grade me was sitting, I didn't know anybody in the room, kind of terrified because there's big college students there, and I'm like <laughs> tiny. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is scary. And so I'm sitting there, and one of the pastors comes up, and she's like, okay, you just listened to all these stories, you've heard what it means to be a goer, and you've heard what it means to be a sender, and that we need both of those. One is not more important than the other. And she's like, we like close your eyes and ask God, are you a goer or a sender? And so I close my eyes. And as soon as I close my eyes, this picture or vision just starts playing. And it's of this like beautiful river and there's plants on the side and there's sand everywhere. And in the distance there's pyramids. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's like a movie in my head. <laughs> and I had never learned about Egypt before. Um, it was like in the next couple of weeks when I was going to learn about Egypt. And so I was like, okay, I think God is calling me overseas. And so they gave us this little card that you check, are you a goer or a sender? And I checked, I'm a goer. Um, and I was super excited about that, like just encountered God in a way that I hadn't before. And I was so excited. And I remember getting into my parents' car and telling them of this picture that I got. And they were like, huh, we think that's of Egypt. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And so I wrote it in my journal. And this last summer, when I got back from the Middle East, I found that journal again. And in my little seventh grade handwriting <laughs> said, I just got called to go overseas and I got a picture of Egypt, mm -hmm. um, which is just a cool thing to look back on. Mm -hmm. um, but with that, um, they, all the pastors at my church, they kept the cards for everybody that said they're a goer and a sender. Um, and they checked in with us and they were like, okay, if this is something that you really want to do and you really feel like God's calling you to do, we're going to help you with that. We're going to partner with you in that. And for someone to come up to me in seventh grade and tell me that was pretty cool. Like they didn't say, oh, you have to wait till you get your degree uh, before we start helping you. They started helping me there. And I went on my first mission trip in eighth grade. <coughs> 
And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to love people, um, the people that others just kind of look past. I want to be with them, and I want to live life with them. And so from that moment on, I went on every trip that I possibly could. Um, and money was always a thing that kind of held me back from going, but every time God provided in amazing ways. Um, and each trip that I went on, he provided not just support with money, but through being able to share the gospel with people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have all the biblical knowledge. I didn't have all the things that I may have now. I stumbled over my words, but people still knew that I was loving them and they knew that I loved them because I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all throughout got to high school and all the pastors still were like, this is what you're called to do. Um, and just to hear their words all the time of just being like, this is it, like reaffirming the call that God had placed on my life. And RTI ended up go- going there. Um, and that whole school is to send people, uh, whether it be pastors or international workers. And so I spent the last four years uh, getting as many tool belts or tools in my tool belt as I could. Um, biblical knowledge, how to share the gospel with people. But you really don't need all of that. You just need to have a relationship with Jesus. And that is something that all of my mentors and pastors, they all were like, you need to be with Jesus consistently and constantly because that's what people are going to know. I can go to people and recite scripture to them. That's not really going to matter. It's going to matter how I'm living with them and how I'm living out my own life. Um, And so through all of that, it's really just been people in my church gathering around me and seeing this call in my life and saying, yes, we agree with it, and how can we help you, and here are some ways that we can support you, uh, which has just been a huge, huge blessing. I would yeah. not be where I'm at today without them. Yeah, mm. that's awesome. And uh, in, in case you thought uh, maybe you, you had some sense God was calling you to something, somewhere, um, and uh, you thought, well, when I get my act together, and I have all my knowledge, and I've got this perfection thing figured out, then I'll go. Turns out that's not one of the requirements uh, to being used by God, um, which also means that in being uh, senders and being supporters of those who are called to go, uh, perfection is also not one of the requirements uh, for supporting, and that we get to step in um, and, and have a role in uh, people who are called. And um, in, in, for whatever reason, we have a tendency to think of calling as something that happens to people between the ages of 16 and 20. Um, And uh, they're called and we support them and we launch them into whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, But God continues to call people and call people into uh, different things. Um, And uh, no matter what uh, our our age is, if you are still breathing, he's not done with you. Um, And uh, continues to to call us uh, into deeper relationship with him um, and call us to go in, um, in, in some way and to, to be uh, a, a part of, of what, he's, um, what he's doing. Uh, anything else you guys want to say about being a, a sending people or, or launching people? Yeah, just off of what you were just sharing, when, as I'm working with worker candidates, statistically most of them are actually like second career or even um, I have a handful who this is like, they're about to retire and they're thinking, I'm not done. I want to mm. I wanna take a step of faith somewhere else. And so Macy is really probably the minority when it comes to ages of 
um, Alliance missionaries that are stepping out, which we're working on getting more young people. So, <laughs> um, And then the other part about that is if you are someone who you're sensing God is calling to step out of what you're in now into something else, talk to Josh, talk to your community. Um, you are welcome to talk to me as well because uh, I'd love to help. We all would love to help you discern and um, I know your community of people, they know you best, you know, mm-hmm. and they'd love to call you and speak over you and pray over you as you are um, discerning a potentially big faith step in your life. Um, yeah. But that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> and, and sometimes those big faith steps are culture changes. Uh, but but I, I know some of you all have experienced uh, at Macy's age, you knew what you were going to do for the rest of your life. And then somewhere 10, 15, 20 years in, God said, actually, <laughs> uh, I would like you to go this way. Um, and you know, well, I, I don't want to go that way. And, and we kind of have to, to figure that out together, that, that God does continue to call us on those things. And as he does, uh, we've been uh, talking for about a year. About a year ago, we introduced this phrase that is not unique to us, of, of missionary mindset that we want in everything that we do to have this sort of, uh, this, this mindset that we are on mission, um, that uh, we have a, a conviction that Jesus is necessary, and that through anything that we're doing, whatever it is God is calling us to do, um, that, uh, that, that we get to participate in what he's doing in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools. Um, and to learn from people who, as, as our culture shifts and we become more and more, uh, quote unquote, post-Christian, to learn from people who have been doing that for a long time, working in post-Christian environments or working in super unreached environments and to go, okay, how do we see our jobs, um, see our opportunities as openings for, for the gospel, uh, for what, what God may uh, want to do. And so I, I'd love to hear from, from you guys, because um, I know you both have experienced uh, loving people here and loving people overseas. Uh, what, is, what does it mean for us to be people who are on mission uh, even where we are? What are kind of some of the parallels or similarities between what people are doing in, in Bosnia and Senegal and, and, and what we're doing here? Yeah, you, we both raised our mic. It's a fight <laughs> You're ready, now. good. It's a fight now. <laughs> um, I think that missionary mindset is a really important phrase because it makes you think, what do missionaries do when they enter into um, a new culture, a new place? Well, they're doing a lot of listening. They're doing a lot of learning. They're discerning what are the questions these people are seeking to find answers to. And that's the same thing we're to do here. Like, look at your family, look at your friends, look at your community. Have you paused and listened to those who don't know Jesus? Have you asked God to give you opportunities to get to know them on a deeper level? Um, being curious, finding what are the what are those questions that they're answering? Because um, and Jesse mentioned it in either, I think it's prayer, like people are looking for Jesus, but they don't necessarily know it. 
Um, and we have a great responsibility because we have such a sweet gift that God has given us. We have that peace. We know who he is, and we are surrounded in our everyday with unreached people. And um, when we get to participate in what God is doing, he's going to give us opportunities. Uh, we have to have the courage to step into them. Mm-hmm. Now, what were you going to say? Yeah. Um, I also think that there, in every culture, community is a big thing. Um, and so being in the Middle East, community looked a little bit different than living in Salem, Oregon, or living here. But community still has a role. And when you just live life with people, when you invite them over, we all have to eat. People, that is a big part of communities all around the world. And so when we just invite people over for a meal, that when we're breaking bread together and we're just talking about, oh, how was your day? How was work? Inviting your neighbors over. Um, that really gets to, you get to know people and it stops becoming just surface level of going on a walk around your neighborhood, saying hi to your neighbor and that's it. Um, but it shows them that you care, um, and you're not just another friendly person or a person that's just walking by just to kind of check the box, but you're being intentional with them. Um, And that was one of the biggest things that I learned while I was in the Middle East is just being intentional with people. Like what Hannah was saying, listening to people, um, living life with them, inviting them into your life. Um, I would often have my students come over and work on homework with me. And a lot of my homework was all Bible stuff. (laughs) I ended up teaching some of my students about my Romans class. Like, how random is that? Um, But they just got to be with me, and they got to be in my presence. Um, And with that, they got to be in God's presence. Um, And one of the things that they also said in the video is that we are people of peace because we have the Holy Spirit, and that draws people to us. And that is a beautiful thing, and God created it that way. And we're really kind of like magnets. And if you pay attention to the people in your life that don't know Jesus, they're drawn to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so take advantage of those things. Even at the grocery store, uh, maybe don't just rush past the cashier, but be intentional with them and listen to them and actually ask them how their day was. Mm-hmm. Um, because God placed us all here and you don't have mm-hmm. to go overseas to have a mission mindset. You can do it here. Um, and that's great. And there's nothing, there's unreached people here and they could be in your families. They could be in your neighborhood. They could be in the grocery store. Um, and so it's really just inviting the spirit to kind of change your mindset to be like, okay, God, where are the people that you want me to love today? Where are the people that you want me to walk life with? And it's really that simple. We're just walking life with people that don't know Jesus and hoping that they decide to follow him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One of the things that they said in the video was uh, 90% of our job is just being present. Um, I don't know what the percentage would be for us, but some large percentage of of what we would call evangelism is being present, um, is, is listening, is... Uh, being intentional uh, with being present and, and listening. And uh, I, I, we, we would argue that, that the, 
uh, that mindset of, of being intentional, of listening, of, of loving people, of, of wanting to uh, share with them this uh, necessary good news of Jesus, um, it is not just for uh, the, the missionaries, but it is for all of us who are following Jesus. That um, as we say that we're, we're everyday people, we don't have any superpowers other than Holy Spirit in us. We're following Jesus every day. That's also true of those who are working around the world. They are everyday people who are following Jesus every day in the context that he has called them into. You have a context that Jesus has called you into and an opportunity to follow him. And part of that, and, and frankly, for me, the scariest part of that is uh, we're called to intentionally engage with other people uh, to love them, to listen to them, to be present with them, um, and uh, and to make ourselves available to whatever it is that God uh, wants to to do through us uh, in in that way. Um, anything that we have not said here that you guys would like to make sure gets said? I do just want to say one more thing. Uh, so we talked about how people are called at any age. Um, so I was called pretty young and God has pretty clearly laid a path for me. Um, and when I was younger, I wanted to be a teacher and there's a lot of people in my life that are teachers. And I had a friend that has been working for a long time as a teacher and she felt like God was calling her to go. And she was like, I am not prepared for this. I'm just a teacher. And God was like, that's all you need. Like you can teach overseas. Um, and so whatever your job is or whatever your job was in the past, like you don't need any special qualifications, um, to love Jesus and to love people. Um, it's really just that simple is to love Jesus and love people wherever you're at. Um, and if you're called to go overseas, that's awesome. Um, and don't let anything stop you in that because God will definitely keep pushing you that way. Um, but I think it's easy for us to overcomplicate it sometimes, but it's really just living life with people and loving them where they're at. Um, and that's all we're called to do. And that's great. I've never overcomplicated anything in my life. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, yeah, uh, love that my wife laughs the loudest. That's great. Um, so true. Um, uh, one of the things, and I think Hannah, you mentioned this uh, last night, and so launch off of this if you, if you want to or not. Um, one of the things that's common for us to expect when uh, international workers, which is what we call our, our missionaries, when they, uh, when they come back is we expect them to share uh, stories of, of what, um, what God has been doing in, in their lives, in their sort of everyday following of Jesus. Um, and and yet, for whatever reason, it feels to us like sharing those stories doesn't make as much sense because maybe we're not doing it as in, in as exotic of a place or something. I, I'm not sure, but um, any thoughts on, on just story sharing? Yeah, we, we did chat about that last night. I mean, when international workers come, they've got a year's worth of stuff typically, or four years, really, of, yeah. you know, so they're picking through, trying to see what can we say, but... I mean, this is, a, this is a big group of people here. You all have stories. You have wins that God is doing, and they may not feel significant. Like, hey, my daughter trusts me today with 
yeah. whatever situation. But you guys, each one of you has these breakthrough stories, and this can be a place where your stories are significant to one another. Mm. And those kind of things, they build our faith, they keep us focused, and they keep us on mission. And so, like, I just would kind of almost like vision and dream for you to be a people who who shares your breakthroughs, who shares where God's moving, even if they feel small, because they're not. They're mm -hmm. not small, and they're not small to you, because mm -hmm. those things aren't small to me, even though it, we want to tell ourselves they are. So yeah, yeah, and uh, as some of you have experienced, as our partners from Bosnia Herzegovina have come back, um, because the uh, proverbial soil is so uh, hard there, um, they uh, often are sharing stories a lot like that. And we get to celebrate those stories with them. Like, hey, two years ago I was here and I was just telling you about this relationship that we were just starting and I didn't know where it was gonna go. Can I tell you that I've been able to have a spiritual conversation with that person? That's two years of 90% of the job being being present um, to be able to come back and, and say, but, but we, we made this progress. They, they trust me, I, I got to tell them something. Um, and. And some of you know that story very well because you do celebrate when your daughter trusts you with something. You celebrate when uh, this, uh, this relationship that you have just been trying to be patient with and they're driving you crazy and, and it made this next step. And um, those, those things are big deal, uh, big deal things. Um, uh, stories did remind me of an email I got this week and I'll leave names out of it. Um, because some of you will be able to figure it out anyway, but I didn't get their permission to share this. Um, it says, so I will share that Debbie asked why we did the stuff at the homeless camp, and I told her that it was for Jesus. When I gave her a ride, she started talking religion, Mormon background. I went through the plan of salvation with her, and in the parking lot in front of Community House, we prayed, and she accepted the Lord. Now, that is an awesome story and an awesome story of, um, as we've talked about before, people showing up faithfully week after week and 90% of the job is being present. Uh, but that story is the one that we tend to highlight and it's worth highlighting. It's worth celebrating. We should all be very excited about this story. It is also worth it that somebody was willing to listen to them and say, sure, I'll trust you to get me into a better place and a better uh, housing situation. Sure, I'll trust you enough to let you give me a ride. Like these different things of a relationship moving along and signs of faithfulness, not just of us, but faithfulness of God in the situation um, are, are a big deal. And we wanna to celebrate uh, those stories. So as you have those stories, please share them with each other, share them in your small group, share them with uh, the staff. We, we want to be uh, people who are celebrating the stories of what God is doing around the world, including uh, in, in our, our community. Um, speaking of sharing stories, Macy, you have uh, quite the story in front of you as well. Uh, if people wanted to follow along, support you, pray for you, what does support and prayer and connection look like uh, going forward with, with you over the next few months? Yeah, um, so I actually just went to Senegal a couple weeks ago to, they call it a vision trip, uh, to go and see where I'll be living, uh, which is exciting and also kind of terrifying. Um, but as I was there um, and was able to walk in the places and communities and the people uh, that I'll be working with, I realized as I was looking down at my feet how dirty they were all the time. Um, Senegal is a very sandy place and people 
live in the sand. Uh, they build their little shelters in the sand, so nothing is ever really clean. Um, and that has kind of stuck with me. And so whenever I look at my feet and they're like kind of gross, I can go to the bathroom and clean them off. Um, but I have been able to pause and be like, oh, my feet are dirty. Like, that's what the people live in, and that's the people that I'm going to be living life with. And so I take a minute to pray uh, for the people in Senegal. Um, and so, kind of weird, but when you have dirty feet and you're like, oh, my feet are dirty, I need to go clean them, uh, would you remember the Senegalese people? Um, and would you remember me and pray for me? Um, I have two years of language study ahead of me, uh, a year of French and then a year of Wolof, um, which are two very different languages. Um, and so those are two pretty big hurdles in just my first two years, and then I'll step into ministry. Um, and four years is also a very long time, and I'm stepping into a new team. I was in the Middle East last year, and now I'm going to West Africa, which is also very different. Um, and so there's a lot of transition and change that is going to take place in my life. Um, and even now, starting to starting the process of saying goodbye to family and friends and um, the community that I have in Salem and realizing that transition will also take place in those relationships. Um, so there's lots of things that you can pray for. So when you have dirty feet, <laughs> think of the Senegalese people and think of me. Um, and I also, I have an email that I send out like once a month um, of just like updates on what's going on. Um, so you guys can sign up for that. You can come and talk to me. Um, I have prayer cards in my car that I can run and go get. So I can hand those out um, too. Okay. Fantastic, good. And we will try to provide updates as, as possible. Um, and uh, thank you guys so much for being here and for participating in this. Uh, Macy was uh, actually at a uh, middle school camp all weekend, and some of you are going, I don't know which is scarier, a middle school camp or Senegal, and you would be right. Um, but, uh, but thank you guys so much for making the time to be with us this morning. Can you guys give them uh, a round of applause for being here? Thank you guys so thank much. You. And uh, as the, the worship team uh, comes back up, uh, will, you, will you pray with me? And let's pray for, for Macy and Hannah and for what God is doing uh, in us and, and around the world. Father God, again, we are so thankful for your faithfulness, uh, for your faithfulness to call. Um, I, I thank you for uh, how you have uh, walked uh, Macy and, and Hannah and, and myself through, through, um, through these, these callings and these moments of uh, confirmation and uh, through these moments of struggle. Um, God, we're grateful that you are, are faithful to us. And I, I want to pray uh, specifically for uh, anybody in the room, anybody hearing this, saying, man, I've never had a picture of Egypt in my life. I don't, I don't know, God, what that would possibly look like. I've never had an experience of you like that. God, I, I don't know whether to pray for visions or for um, a, a sense in their hearts of your very real love for them. God, whatever way that you want to communicate to each one of us as we reach out for you and for more of you, um, would, you, uh, would you speak, would you move, would you touch kind of whatever way we need to receive you today? I, I know, I am convinced that you are calling every single one of us to step into something. And, um, 
And, and as, as Macy said, we, we know that, uh, that the senders and the goers are equally important because a part of that is you're calling all of us to go in some way. And, and so, God, we want to be faithful senders. Uh, we also want to be faithful goers to wherever you're calling us, um, whatever you may have in front of us this week. Um, Father, we, uh, we want to be uh, faithful to uh, respond to your faithfulness. Um, and we want to uh, commit to uh, loving others in some reflection of the way that you have loved us. Thank you for the opportunities you give us to be present, the opportunities you give us to listen um, and to share your love and grace and truth with others. Um, and we wanna glorify you uh, in, in all the ways that we do that. So we pray for your help, your courage, uh, your calling in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out our podcast. You can learn more or connect with us online at easthills.org.